You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello, happy Monday. We are back and we are talking all things sugar and how it impacts your mood because we've actually been asked a lot of questions about this lately just from clients. Mm -hmm. We talked about this um, today with one of our clients, you know, just knowing that certain foods impact her mood and how she feels. And I think a lot of people recognize it in some ways and a lot of people don't understand exactly how much inflammation um, you know, can impact your neurotransmitters, your dopamine and your serotonin. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. people have we talked to that are on antidepressants and anti-anxieties? Like a lot of our clients, by the way, I love using this microphone and these headphones because it helps with the sound so much, but you can literally hear everything that happens, like the burps underneath my breath that happens sometimes. <laughs> I feel like I can hear them in my headphones. <laughs> I don't hear them when it goes out to the podcast. So you just told everyone well, that you wonderful. had Wonderful. Everyone, sometimes I have burps. It's a, it's a bodily function that happens. Um, so, by the way, my daughter, this poor child, literally hot boxes herself in her in her sleep sack. Oh no! Like I get her sometimes, and I open up the um, swaddle, and I'm like, "Oh my god, Taylor, how long have you been sitting with that in there?" Like that, <laughs> she she farted in the car on the way to daycare yesterday. It smelled up the entire car. Oh I'm my like, gosh! I just want her digestive system to develop so she can not deal with this awful gas. Well, I don't know if Carson ever went through this phase, but currently Marcus is going through a farting and thinking it's funny phase. And mm. if Art farts, then Marcus farts, and they like look at each other and laugh. And I'm just like shaking my head, like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> please stop!" Um, Carson is totally in that phase right now where he thinks like farting with his mouth is funny, oh. and like apparently he was at walmart with my mom earlier and was picking up the underwear and like sniffing them and be like oh yucky and throwing them on the ground and i'm like oh god i'm not looking forward to this <laughs> the other day marcus took my socks off on the couch and he started licking them and i was like what are you doing you need to stop that right now these are dirty socks please stop and he's been doing it to like weird things like the hose the other day he started licking Carson it and puts his mouth on everything everything oh my goodness he put his mouth on taylor's back the other day after he ate m&ms and there was chocolate all over her because he just has drool carson was my drooler i'm really hoping taylor isn't a drooler because carson was like even to this day if he has a pacifier in which is like rare he just drools all down his chest and Mm. i'm just like come on child when do you grow out of this well, we've had Marcus, I haven't even told you this, we've had Marcus in our bed the last two nights because we got home okay. from my uh, niece's wedding and having to give him breathing treatments again. So he's woken up at one o'clock and then four o'clock and like, I don't even care. I'm at that point where like you're a zombie in the middle mm-hmm. of the night. I just put him in the bed. But this morning I was getting up to work out. So my alarm goes off at 530. This child has his foot in my um, shoulder blade like just like pushing and kicking. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm really praying, fingers crossed tonight, we're going to be on the third night and he'll sleep all the way through. I just think it usually takes him when he doesn't feel good, like a couple of nights to get back. Plus my mother-in-law allows him to sleep in her bed, which is not helpful for routine at home. That is not. But then again, he's climbing out of the crib at her house too. She found him Mm -hmm. at four o'clock in the morning playing with the dog 
So I can't blame her too much because oh my God. if she sleeps with him, at least he stays in the bed. So. Poor Carson just sits in his bed until we go get him. I'm like, you can get out of bed, child. Like, I don't want to come get you. I'm in my bed. You can come into my bed if you want. But like 730 this morning, I was in bed with Taylor because I fell back asleep after I, she woke up. By the way, knock on wood, girlfriend is an awesome sleeper. She slept through the night again last night. Um, and Car- it's like 730 and Carson's been like rolling around in his bed for 30 minutes. I'm like, Nick, can you please go get him? <laughs> like, I feel so bad. <laughs> We need like a mix of the two because my child is a climber and I'm afraid to give him like a real bed because he will not stay in there. So we're going to ride mm-hmm. out this crib tent. So we got the, you know, that thing. Oh, that your my sister sister-in-law, her child is over three. He still has the crib tent. She's like, I will keep him in that thing for as long as I can. Yeah, because otherwise, literally, you will find them in the middle of the night going through drawers or like in. I have no doubt if I were to leave that tent off and like not hear Marcus, he would go downstairs and get the ice cream. Like no doubt in my mind, he would go down and get the ice cream. So anyways, speaking of ice cream and food, um, sugar, sugar, let's bring it back to um, what we were talking about today and how, you know, what we eat can really dramatically impact our mood. And I think, you know, giving just kind of that generic example out there that everybody can probably relate to, like, let's say you had a really heavy lunch. Maybe it's that Thanksgiving, you know, dinner that you had and you just get really tired afterwards. I think everybody can probably relate to that. Or you just went out and had, you know, a heavy pasta lunch, let's say like lasagna, and then you had some tiramisu or something afterwards, you probably felt kind of tired and cranky. Like I know for me, I get that summer uh, stomach uh, sugar, stomach ache, and it makes me like moody because I just don't feel great after I eat those foods. On the flip side of this, if you go and you have like a large stir fry or a nice salad with, you know, protein and healthy fats, you probably feel energized the rest of the day, you know? And so this is one thing that I would challenge everybody out there. If you're not already start to pay attention to how food makes you feel. So you could keep like a three day journal of food and mood. You could write down what you ate, what time, how you felt afterwards, what your mood was, what your energy levels was like, and start to look and compare and see if you're noticing anything such as highly processed foods, a lot of dairy, a lot of gluten, fried foods, high fat, high carb combination in in meals, and compare that to how you would feel if you were eating more one ingredient, whole foods, fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, and just track for yourself. Because I think so Mm -hmm. many people don't understand exactly how food can impact our mood. And so I would challenge all of you to do that for maybe three to five days, keep that food and mood journal and start to make those correlations for yourself. Yeah. And I would say even on the, on the contrary, how your mood impacts your food choices. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's huge too. Like how, I mean, stress eating is it is a phrase for a reason. Um, coming home from work, having a really long day, wanting a glass of wine or like getting a pint of ice cream because it's you're stressed and you're upset or whatever it is, you know, the, like environment too I find a lot of times like now that we're in football season how many people on Sundays are having pizza and wings and beer more often like it, we we need to look at those moods and what kind of gets triggered by that mm-hmm. and on the contrary too like workouts I know for me I always feel after a workout like I want something good I want something that's going to refuel my body and like nourish what I just you know depleted and try and rebuild and those types of things and so Looking at kind of how your mood and what you're doing in your day-to-day tends to influence your foods too. Because numerous foods can sabotage your happiness and well-being. Sugar is probably the top though. I would say 
for the majority of people, sugar is the top. And one review of a lot of studies actually confirmed that sugar has an adverse effect on long-term psychological health, including depression and anxiety. So research has a, researchers have been able to see kind of like a parallel between sugar intake and mood disorders. So Dr. Mark Hyman, um, which is someone that Liz and I really like listening to, has a lot of good information. He's a natural um, kind of like holistic MD, basically, um, in what the heck should I eat altogether? The average American eats about one third of a pound of sugar or more daily, it's daily, crazy. one third of a pound guys. He calls it kind of like a toxic drug dose in just a few hundred years. Average sugar consumption went from a few pounds per person per year, a few pounds per person per year to between 150 to 200 pounds annually of sugar average person consumes 150 to 200 pounds you are conserving a human worth of sugar on an annual basis yeah well and it's because sugar is laden in everything you know if you start to look at labels and you start to really pay attention to the sugar content and the even sugar alcohols you know and artificial sweeteners and things it is all over the packaged Mm -hmm. foods right and so you know this is one thing where, again, another challenge for all of you out there, start to track your sugar intake and see whether or not, you know, you track in my fitness pal and you're looking at the sugar um, total for the day in there, or you're just looking at food labels and you're tracking. Like I know right now it's pumpkin spice latte season. It's pretty scary when you look at just one pumpkin spice latte, how much sugar is coming in that one drink. And oh, same thing. Sure. Same thing with like sodas and Coca-Cola and things like that. And we know the food industry knows that these things are very, very addicting. And so that's why it's hidden in a lot of these products. Even things that you wouldn't think like bread, for example, those sweet breads out there, it's not just the wine rolls. There's other breads out there that have sugar added to them. So mm-hmm. what can we start to do? Maybe track your sugar, see kind of where you're at and start to lower your sugar intake because this can improve your psychological health. And that's really important. You know, when we consider that depression impacts about 10% of American adults. And I think that's actually a stat that's pretty conservative, um, especially through COVID because depression Mm -hmm. increased 400%. And people just don't, people aren't going to get help. Like a lot of people live with depression and don't get help because they're either ashamed of it or they don't realize that it's abnormal. Absolutely. I would say that's very conservative. Yeah. Well, and then we also see antidepressants, you know, being kind of prescribed for things that they really don't need to be on. Like I have different clients that have, you know, different um, symptoms and the doctors are like, well, let's just prescribe this as you talked about um, in the SIBO podcast last week, right? Like they tried to prescribe um, antidepressants for SIBO. It's a gut issue. Right. Right. Um, And then we also know that one third of people with depression don't even respond to that conventional antidepressant therapies. Mm -hmm. But instead of going down the path of looking at diet and nutrients that you're getting or not getting from your food, they're so quick to write that script, right? And so one of the biggest things that contributes to this is high glycemic diets or diets high in refined carbohydrates, which creates or it can also exacerbate anxiety, which will self-sabotage your mood right? And about 40 million adults, which is 18% of the population struggles with anxiety. And about half of those with depression also struggle with anxiety. And this is where we want to talk even further on some of these things, because blood sugar can feel like anxiety, like riding that blood sugar Mm -hmm. roller coaster, having low blood sugar, that can feel like anxiety. And so again, some of these things go missed when we are not consuming a diet with high quality nutrients, 
high quality carbohydrates and eating consistently and eating regularly. Instead, what happens? People eat all over the place. Some days they're fasting, some days they're hitting the drive-through three times a day, right? The Food Code Podcast is brought to you by Fit Mom Lifestyle. If you're interested in our individualized coaching that we always talk about and how we may be able to help you like we help our clients in accomplishing optimal health and losing weight and achieving their goals, you can click the link in the show notes and you can actually schedule a free 15 to 20 minute call with either of us. We would love to talk to you. Yep. Yep. And here's the thing, guys, you have to understand all carbohydrates convert to sugar in the body. Like, even though pasta doesn't look like a bowl of sugar, it basically is mm-hmm. like <laughs> delicious, but it's a bowl of sugar. And chances are, you know, you feel good for a little bit after you eat it. But after a few hours, you start to feel tired, cranky, mentally foggy, maybe a little anxious or unhappy. Oddly, though, you wanted the exact food that created those feelings. So like, here's the thing. Initially, sugar kind of satisfies the craving centers in the brain. It increases your blood pressure and heart rate. And you can give a feeling of like an energy surge. But the problem falls is that like the sugar coaster keeps going up and then crashing down. And the more you do it, the harder you start to fall. And this is where I think the biggest issue comes into place because people go through like points where they feel fine and then they have these big mood swings up and down. And they ha- and we don't realize, I think a lot of people don't realize it comes from food. It mm-hmm. comes from what you're putting in your body. And dopamine also comes into play with the use of such potentially addictive substances like caffeine, nicotine, cocaine, in the same way that dopamine responds can lead to a substance addiction if overstimulated. The supernormal stimulus of hyperpalatable food can cause food addiction, or at the very least, kind of cravings for more highly palatable food. Humans evolved basically to seek food mm-hmm. containing substantial qualities of fat, sugar, and salt. That is because these are scarce in old, like, prehistoric times these foods were scarce they were very helpful in terms of calorie density they provided quick hits of energy that people would need because they would often go long periods of time without food and so they would be basically humans are driven to look for foods that are highly palatable that are very calorie dense and nowadays that aren't healthy in prehistoric times they were plenty healthy nuts seeds berries stuff like that but nowadays it's like oreos cheeseburgers french fries ice cream shit that's not going to serve you any purpose other than just being this huge you know burst of sugar of calories of density and so that's where the problem is is today's food today's food is the problem and it's creating this vicious cycle yep yeah and what happens it keeps us on that sugar roller coaster the blood sugar roller coaster right and so symptoms here um of your blood sugar spiking can be fatigue have that high pasta meal, right? That high sugar, um, high carb meal, and you get really tired afterwards, or you might get a headache, right? Whereas low blood sugar, this is where we see the moodiness, that irritability, as we always say, you're hangry. You know, you're really moody until you get something in you. I know that I am the queen of being hangry. This is why I need to eat every few hours. Um, But it also creates that sense and feeling of anxiety. I have experienced that. I have felt that. And that's why I got my continuous blood glucose monitor um, a few months ago, because I kept saying to Becca, I kept saying to my coach, I kept saying to my husband, like something feels off. I feel more anxious than I ever have. Sure enough, my blood sugar was riding extremely low. Mm-hmm. And so altogether, what happens with these up and down blood sugar spikes and crashes, they send us on that roller coaster of our mood, right? We might feel like we're bipolar when we're not. It's <laughs> all root cause back to what we're actually putting into our body. And again, triggering that brain's reward neurotransmitter of dopamine 
And this is what keeps us coming back for more because sugar is acting like a drug. And you know, some people out there say sugar is more addictive than cocaine. I don't believe in that. Um, I think that there is definitely, you know, something to say about sugar being being addicting, but I think it's more that neurotransmitter dopamine causing problems than anything. Because, you know, in one of the um, courses that I'm in right now, I was reading uh, through something and they were giving the example in which really resonated with me. And I'm not sure if this resonates with anybody out there, but let's say you have, you know, cookies in front of you at a party and you start consuming it. It doesn't even taste that good, but you keep eating it for some reason. And you can't even identify why you kept eating it. It's your subconscious looking for that dopamine hit. It's not even because you craved it or because you liked what you were eating. It's because you're looking for that dopamine hit. And so sometimes we have to really become aware of these things and to kind of start to draw a line in the sand and, you know, understand, you know, if sugar is negatively impacting my mood, then I've got to start to really work on cutting these things out because otherwise mm-hmm. I'm going to continue riding this mood roller coaster as well. Absolutely. Eating too much sugar can also increase inflammation, which I, I we've spoken on so many times on this podcast. And that plays a role in a number of different diseases. Like nutrition researchers summarize that inflammation triggers exacerbates depression since people with major depressive disorder often have increased inflammatory markers. Other studies show that inflammation contributes to anxiety and fear. And researchers argue that targeting inflammation could positively impact mood disorders, which I 1000% agree with. Mm -hmm. Diets that promote inflammation, refined starches, sugar, unhealthy fats, and are low in things like omega-3 fatty acids, antioxidants, fiber, all of those things impair our ability to function optimally as humans. Like on average, Americans eat 20 times or more omega-6, which are like vegetable oils, processed foods, compared to anti-inflammatory omega-3, salmon, healthy, fresh fish, um, nuts, seeds, stuff like that. So in other words, sugar isn't really the only dietary culprit for mood disorders. However, many sugary processed foods also contain inflammatory ingredients like gluten, um, the aforementioned vegetable oils, like all of these things. It's You guys, I'm going to say it a thousand times probably. It is the food that is in our world today. Mm-hmm. It is not right for our bodies. Like it is addicting. It is very nutrient poor. There's very minimal benefit to these foods. And sure, are they delicious? Are they enjoyable to eat? Absolutely they are, but they're designed to be that way so that people make money off of you. Like food companies make money off of you. I promise you, food companies are not in this for helping people be healthier. That is not that is not the case. Absolutely. That is the farthest thing from the case. Like food industries are here to make food addicting so that they make more money. Yep. That is the bottom line. 100%. And you know, when we think about just other things such as like brain fog, for example, right? Too much sugar can increase inflammation throughout the entire body including your gut. And when you have leaky gut and you're, you know, essentially opening up those tight junctions of your gut lining, what happens? We've talked about this a lot before, but good and bad bacteria seep out into your bloodstream. This causes that chronic systemic inflammation. And what happens there is that the toxins in your blood are actually able to cross that blood brain barrier. And this is where research has shown us time and time again, that this gut inflammation contributes to mood disorders, including anxiety and depression because of leaky gut, because of those toxins that are circulating in the bloodstream, crossing that blood brain barrier, causing inflammation in the brain. And one simple study uh, found that simple sugar, fructose could contribute directly to leaky gut, a condition again, where I just mentioned things that are not intended to slip into your gut's wall or 
slip past your gut wall do and they create that immune response and inflammation in the body. So, you know, there's a lot of arguments when it comes down to what is the root cause of inflammation? Is it gluten for some people? Is it dairy for some people? Is it sugar? Um, I'm going to say my top three and Becca, you can probably agree with these, but it's number one is sugar. Number two is polyunsaturated fats and omega-6s, right? And then we look at gluten because gluten can actually break down um, the gut lining. And so those three things combined, which we see in a lot of foods that are shelf-stable today, are the root cause of all of the mood disorders, of all of Mm -hmm. anxiety and depression. And so this is very, you know, we're speaking to the masses right now in a very generalized way. This is something that you would want to work with somebody on an individual level for to work on, you know, your gut issues and healing your gut if that's something you're experiencing, because there's a lot of factors that, you know, can come to play with what we're talking about. Absolutely. And going back to kind of like the anxiety and depression, people need, it's so it has been shown time and time again with the research, but like it's not intuitive, I think, for people that what we eat affects our gut, which affects our brain. Mm-hmm. Like we, there's a gut brain axis that is it exists. That is a real thing where like your gut sends various hormones, neurotransmitters and immunological factors to the brain. And one of those is serotonin, which is a neurotransmitter. Everyone knows the serotonin. It's the feel good neurotransmitter. Your gut manufactures about 90% of that feel-good neurotransmitter. So gut problems mean we don't have as high of that neurotransmitter, contributing to depression and other mood disorders. Being in charge of producing so much of this happy chemical, along with about 30 other neurotransmitters, like the gut is the central key to feeling better, to feeling happier, to living a better life. And so we need to take better care of our guts and it's not going to happen with a probiotic guys. Like you need to change what you eat. And so we're going to go through 13 ways and hopefully you understand now how much sugar in particular, but just food in general in can, can impact how you feel and how you, you know, what your mood levels are. Well, we want to go over ways that you can reduce sugar and in turn optimize mood. Yeah. So we're going to run through these. Let's run through them. All right. Number one, maintain a healthy weight. Right. Studies connect obesity with mood disorders like depression and anxiety, which again creates that vicious cycle where you seek unhealthy comfort food to curve these feelings. Um, You know, this is one of the biggest focuses inside of our Evolve You nutritional program where we work one on one with clients because people need to understand how to build a nutrient-dense foundation. We need to understand what food is beyond the basics of calories, protein, carbs, and fats, right? And be able to tailor these things based upon this, you know, the individual symptoms, um, based upon their goals, right? But we need to be building this nutrient-dense diet and essentially optimizing health at the same time, right? Because we can lose weight, if that's our goal, we can maintain weight if that's our goal. But the most important thing as we've already spoken about a couple of times is stabilizing blood sugar levels so that you can have energy throughout the day. You can feel, you know, a good stable um, mood throughout the day. You're even keeled and you're not taking these highs and lows and you're finding yourself at times like being very snippy or, you know, very moody because you are tired from the foods that you ate earlier. So that's number one is getting to a place where you are healthy um, and you're maintaining a healthy weight. Yep. Number two, get off to the right start. This is probably the biggest mistake that I see most people make. They don't eat breakfast. You don't eat anything within the first few hours. I find this 
helps so much with mental clarity, brain fog, mood. Eating a nutrient-dense breakfast that's rich in protein and fiber can stabilize your mood in such a positive way and reduce sugar cravings and give you a healthy start to your day. Most people don't eat enough during the day. They don't eat enough nutrient-dense foods, and it all starts with breakfast. Like All of our clients that struggle with eating enough protein, all of this stuff, Like if you skip a meal, no chance. There's no chance you're eating enough if you skip a meal. And so we need, or you're then over-consuming at night. Like mm-hmm. You're like, oh, well, I, you know, I didn't eat breakfast, and then you end up hungrier and hungrier, and you're craving. And by the time dinner rolls around and you eat dinner afterwards, you're rummaging through the pantry looking for stuff. And so we need to get food in within those first few hours because that helps stabilize our blood sugar and in turn can stabilize our mood. Yep. Number three, tame your sweet tooth. So as you guys know, we talk a lot about balance on this podcast, right? And telling yourself that you're never going to eat a cinnamon roll or a cookie or a piece of birthday cake or, you know, a midsummer ice cream cone is not realistic. However, what we always challenge our clients with is look at the macro view. How many times are you letting these things slip in and rationalizing these things? Like if you were to chart it on a month calendar, how many times did you have a a cookie or a piece of cake or a glass of wine or an ice cream cone? Chart those things out. When Beck and I talk about balance, we're talking about once, maybe twice a week. Um, And it also depends upon the season that you're in. If you're going through a healing phase, if you're in a fat loss phase, very dependent, but we don't want you to feel like you can never have these things, you know, ever again. We're not writing these things off. We do want you to enjoy something now and then because that's part of, you know, life's pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we want to think about them in way of, have I nourished my body first? So, Again, another thing that we talk about a lot with our clients is if you're going to have like a special occasion, let's set yourself up with good quality protein, a lot of vegetables, good healthy fats during the day, and then go and you know be present, enjoy the special occasion, have a small amount of it. You don't need to have three pieces of cake, but you could have, you know a piece of cake, or maybe even you share a piece of cake. It kind of depends, I guess, on how big it is. Um, but you have that something sweet that you enjoy, but it is, again, surrounded by a very nutrient-dense foundation. Mm-hmm. Number four, eat foods that stabilize blood sugar levels, protein, fats, and fiber. Those are the top three, guys. Get protein in each meal, get adequate healthy fats, and include fiber through vegetables, fruits, whole grains if you can consume them. There was actually a case study that showed a 15-year-old female found that a diet rich in sugar and other refined carbs contributed to her generalized anxiety disorder, adding in blood sugar stabilizing foods, the protein, the carbs, or I'm sorry, the protein, the fats and the fibers dramatically decreased her symptoms, stabilized blood sugar levels. When she returned to that higher glycemic diet, returning to the high carb, high sugar, the symptoms recurred. So anxiety came back. And so it is like, it is that clear. (laughs) It is that clear that food can contribute and can help and can manage things that much. So we need to be aware of what we're consuming. Yep. Number five is look out for those sneaky sugar sources. As we mentioned earlier, sugar is in everything. (laughs) Um, You know, even some of the health foods on the market, right? Like almond milk. If you're not buying unsweetened Mm non-dairy milk, you're going to find quite a few grams of sugar in there. Marinara sauce is another big one. So always turn the nutrition, always turn the box over or the jar over or whatever and check the nutrition label. Look at the ingredients. If you don't know how to read a nutrition label, scroll back to the food code, how to read a nutrition label uh, episode. And I can link that out in the show notes here. But 
sugar is in a lot of these things that you would not even think that they are in. Um, they're being added in. And so the cumulative effect of hidden sugars and artificial sweeteners can negatively impact your mood. So don't pay attention to things that say, quote here, no added sugar. The only way to know if the sugar is hiding in your processed foods is again to go and read the ingredients. So as we always have mentioned in other episodes, um, anything that ends in OSE is sugar. Okay. Um, we would recommend like healthy sweeteners, which are all natural sweeteners. And this would be like your honey, your agave, coconut sugar. Um, they're going to have less of an impact on your blood sugar than regular table sugar. Uh, but I would also challenge you to evaluate even those things. Cause I've seen people with those acai bowls and like three tablespoons of honey, um, which I believe has 17 grams of sugar per- and berries and yeah, absolutely. bananas, right? Pineapples. Not that those things are bad, but that adds up. So even if you are using some of these healthier, all natural uh, sweeteners, you still want to minimize your intake of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Number six, increase mood boosting food. So things like dark chocolate. Dark chocolate actually can increase pleasant feelings and reduce tension. I love my dark chocolate. That's my little sweet treat at night. Looking for though, like an organic raw dark chocolate. I go with like 72 to 85% cacao, um, five grams of sugar or less per serving. Wild caught fish is another one. Omega-3 fatty acids, DHA and EPA optimize mood levels and lower inflammation. They can, they can uh, stabilize the blood sugar as well. Non-starchy vegetables and low-sugar fruit, nutrient-dense foods that include mood-stabilizing nutrients like theamine, which is B1, iron, and folate. And research shows raw fruits and vegetables can boost mood better than cooked or processed fruits and vegetables to include plenty of leafy greens and berries in your meal is a great option. And then green tea. The amino acid L-theanine is kind of like a calming nature in this beverage. It can reduce anxiety. It can stabilize mood. Also, again, look for organic decaffeinated whenever possible with the green tea. But you can utilize these foods. These aren't like superfoods. I hate saying superfoods around things, but dark chocolate, wild-caught fish, um, non-starchy vegetables, low-sugar fruit, and green tea are all great options to help with these mood benefits. Yep. And then this is one that we've gotten a lot of questions about. It's like supplements. What do you guys recommend to fill in, you know, the nutrients um, and maybe close some of the gaps of nutrients that we're missing from our foods. So first and foremost, one ingredient whole foods is going to be your best way to get the right nutrients, right? But we do know that there are some nutrients that can support, um, you know, just how we eat and, you know, help maintain a good balance of vitamins and minerals in the body. So, This is going to be very dependent upon the person. I will say that. So vitamin D is one that is awesome. It can definitely help with boosting your mood. Um, It can also help with people who have type 2 diabetes. What we always recommend is that you get a vitamin D test to determine, you know, where you're at with your uh, vitamin D levels. Optimal levels are between 50 and 80 grams is what we're, 50 and 80 I use um, if you are looking at a blood serum test for vitamin D. And so if you need to supplement with vitamin D, we like Thorn uh, Vitamin D K2. It's a dropper. Uh, we also like um, Top Notch Nutrition, their vitamin D. But another thing that you can do, 
is get outside and get some get sunshine. Sun, guys, <laughs> get good old sunlight. First thing in the can't, morning, if you can. Can't fail. Um, oh, definitely, try, you know. Try getting the real thing. <laughs> yeah. By lunchtime, if you can't get it first thing in the morning. The second thing is magnesium. We have a podcast all about magnesium, but it is a critical uh, mineral, which has a calming effect. And research shows that it can also help uh, reduce mood disorders such as anxiety. So we like TriMag, if you've heard of TriMag. Um, omega-3 fatty acids. Again, we've talked a lot about this. Research has shown us that anti-inflammatory fatty acids, EPA and DHA, can prevent prevent mood disorders, including anxiety. So if you do not eat wild caught fish regularly, we would highly recommend supplementing, you know, to get omega-3 fatty acids. Again, Top Notch Nutrition has a great wild caught uh, omega-3 supplement. Um, And then probiotics. This is something that can be helpful for people who already have good gut health, um, but the microorganisms support your gut and the balance of gut bacteria, and which research shows us can optimize your mood. So if you are going to do a probiotic, uh, we recommend Megaspore, which is soil-based probiotic. Mm-hmm. Number eight, cravings crusher. Um, so L-glutamine can actually help with cravings. Um, sugar cravings can sabotage everyone. We get it. But one way to combat it is with L-glutamine, which is kind of an amino acid that can help curve your sweet tooth. Um, in the 150 most effective ways to boost your energy, uh, PHT, PhD Johnny Bowden says that a spoonful of L-glutamine powder will do wonders for knocking your sugar cravings right out of the park. It mixes well into protein shakes, smoothies, or water. Um, again, guys, don't think that L-glutamine is going to like be the silver bullet for helping all, cure all of your sugar cravings. It can be helpful. We're just going through different things that can be helpful. So yes, don't just go start like chowing down on L-glutamine. It's also in a lot of different types of foods. Um, it's in different proteins. So just eat real food too. Yes. Um, number nine is exercise. Get your daily movement in. Commit to it. Find something that you enjoy and show up and be consistent. So following through and doing it is really, really important here. Um, exercising once every now and then is not enough to do it. So we know that exercise is a stress relief. Um, we also get endorphins that are released after a good workout, which can brighten your mood. Plus you just feel empowered. You feel proud of yourself. You feel accomplished, right? Uh, research also suggest that moderate amounts of exercise can act as a drug to create a calm, stable mood and help reduce anxiety and depression. And this was actually shown in a study I was listening to a podcast earlier um, where they took two groups and they had one group exercise twice a week for two weeks and the other group did not exercise at all. And they showed about a 60% um, increase in mood based upon like the surveys that they were taking between the two groups. So this is just in two weeks, you know, and so exercise is such a mood booster such a mood booster i know it always helps me if i'm feeling frustrated mm-hmm. you know especially. absolutely absolutely it's my th- and i know i hate saying it's like my therapy because it's not exercise is a stress too but sometimes it really is it really is just like what i need in my day number 10 optimize sleep if you struggle with anxiety or depression after tossing and turning all night you know how sleep can impact your mood guys like hello i am not someone you want to be around if i do not sleep enough and right now even like I'm, my sleep. I noticed my sleep efficiency score last night was 97% because <laughs> when I get like I've been sleep deprived for the past five to six weeks, yep. um, if not longer. And so like I when I get the chance to sleep through the night last night, I was in bed for six hours and 23 minutes. I slept for six hours and 15 minutes. Of it. <laughs> like, I love that. What is this? Your latency score was probably really good. My latency score was three minutes. So um, 
Okay, one study among healthy healthy adolescents found sleep deprivation adversely impacts mood, with females especially feeling more vulnerable. Good sleep is crucial at every age. So we always say try to aim for seven to eight hours of quality uninterrupted sleep every night if you can. Yep. And try to get into bed before midnight. We've talked about this before, but every hour that you're getting of sleep before midnight is the equivalent to about two hours after midnight. You guys know Becca and I. Yep. We're going to do another podcast on it. It'll be this week. Yep. All about sleep and why you need it. It's so important. We have we need to revisit that one. We haven't done one in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, number 11, incorporate natural mood boosters. You guys have probably heard me talk about this in terms of filling your cup up, doing things that you enjoy, you know, that really give you that mood boost, that make you smile, that make you laugh. Um, this could be anything from calling, you know, a friend to going for a walk with a friend. It could be going to a class, like a workout class. It could be a calming class. It could be yoga, right? Um, you could find practice in journaling and cooking and meditation, walking your dog. Um, This is really going to be different for everyone in terms of what fills your cup up. And so I've talked with a lot of our clients lately about pausing and reflecting, what do I need right now? Like, what am I craving? Am I craving Mm -hmm. a walk in sunshine? Am I craving my favorite music? Am I craving, you know, cooking in the kitchen? What is it that you're craving? And, you know, the other thing is daily gratitude and practicing thankfulness every day. Um, There's been studies that have actually shown that expressing thankfulness has lowered risk of major depression, generalized anxiety, and drug abuse. So our little tip for you here, put a little sticky note next to your toothbrush or the mirror in your bathroom. This is Becca's trick. And it just reminds her to think about three things that she's grateful for in the morning and start your day off on the right foot. Yep. Absolutely. Manage stress, guys. You are not alone if you've had a long day. Like, believe me, you are not alone. I am having very long days lately. This I love this newborn to death. But I was thinking about it the other day, like how often I am sitting there with her on my boob or like <laughs> my days are stressful and there's it, I feel like at the end of the day I've done nothing but it's gone by so fast like I feel very unproductive right now I feel like I can't keep up and it's stressful and so we get it and it can leave you feeling anxious it can leave you feeling depressed too mm-hmm. and stress can create and exacerbate mood disorders I think that's very obvious so finding ways to manage stress even if that means taking five minutes close your eyes perform some deep breathing exercises throughout a hectic office day There's studies that I got to find the actual study that Liz and I refer to a lot, but it has shown that every hour, if you take 10 big deep breaths, it was shown to decrease cortisol levels by up to 40% in individuals. Every hour, 10 deep breaths. 10 big deep breaths, guys, takes like less than 30 seconds. You can can accomplish that 30 seconds once once an hour per day. Like that is very easy to do and it can have a huge impact on your mood. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that so many people think like it's too simple to be effective, Mm -hmm. but small things move big mountains, right? So try it, try it for a week. Um, and see how you feel. Number 13 is try natural sugar alternatives. So we've got some other podcasts we've done on, you know, sugar alcohols and things like that. But when we go down the path of eliminating or reducing, removing added sugar, um, it's challenging and we get that. And we know that you, you know, may still have some cravings, even when you are focusing on whole one ingredient foods, some people still want a little something, something. Um, and so this is where we would definitely recommend, you know, going down a more natural path 
path. Like stevia is good. We like monk fruit, things like that. Um, they are going to have minimal, if any impact on your blood sugar levels and make things at home. You know, like I've done different, uh, protein mousses, protein puddings. I've done avocado puddings. Um, and I've just used monk fruit or I've made, you know, a, a variety of things that are in my cookbook in terms of like baked goods that are more protein based almond flour or coconut flour so they're gluten-free. And then my sweetener that I use in those is either stevia in the raw or monk fruit. So those things can definitely be um, helpful. And you know, if you're looking at like your coffee or your tea or things like that, again, I would encourage you to you know, switch over to stevia, monk fruit, um, erythritol even, or xylitol, something like that. Um, just yeah. a more natural sugar alternative. Yep. So you guys, I hope that this was helpful, but understand that what we consume plays such a role in everything. Our mood, our energy, our sleep, our sex life, our performance in the gym, how our clothes fit, like it is everything. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, you are in control of a lot more than you realize. You do If you are feeling upset, miserable, tired, fatigued, depressed, anxious, like you have control over some of these things. I'm not saying that everything, like obviously there are some additional things. There are some, depending on your condition, you may need additional strategies. You may need to, you know, like Liz and I are huge proponents and supporters of physical, I'm sorry, um, you know, mental therapy, going to a psychiatrist, going to a psychologist, working on your mental health. Um, but know that food plays a role. Like I think so many people are crippled by it and feel like they, they're they stuck with it. And it's just, it completely, you know, breaks them down and it controls their entire life. Try consuming foods that are nourishing to the mind, that are nourishing to the gut because they can help so much support the mood. So, yep. And if you're struggling with this and you don't know where to start, you guys know where to find us. You know, this is what we do. We coach women um, because we understand in different seasons, they're you know, high stress times, more challenging than others. You have a busy schedule. Honestly, we always tell our clients, we love working with you through these struggles, through the high stress times, through the challenges of trying to get off of sugar or, you know, whatever it might be, trying to instill new routines. There's never a perfect place and a time to start, right? But you can take back your health as long as you are starting somewhere and you're working with somebody to help keep you accountable and support you and guide you along the way in doing so. And so if that's something that you want to chat with us about, you can find the link in our show notes. You can schedule a 15 minute call with myself or with Becca. Um, we'd be happy to talk with you about your personal situation, um, you know, and how we can help create a plan for you moving forward to get to your goals, break away from the sugar, hopefully, you know, get to a place where you don't need to rely on prescriptions. Um, and you can just live life feeling good and energetic throughout the day. So with that, we hope you guys have a fabulous day and we'll be back very soon. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.